0: Now, fight back with Libby Nimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Guest host, Jane Brown, sitting in for Libby. She is taking the opportunity to rest today, trying to get over a nasty cold. We wish her a speedy recovery. Some are saying the original Vision Zero has yet to find success. Some have even been so harsh as to say it is a failure thus far. This morning, an education element has been added to the program, which was designed to bring the number of pedestrian and cyclist fatalities to zero by 2021. It's called the Art of Distraction, and it causes road users to pay attention on our streets before someone else pays the price. There are five unique Art of Distraction installations at the following transit shelter locations, Victoria Park and Eglinton. King and Spadina, Blue Jays Way and Front Street, Queen West and Augusta Avenue, and College and McCall Streets. The installations at these locations display items found in the aftermath of collisions between distracted drivers, pedestrians, and cyclists. Each artifact is accompanied by cards that identify the item and tell stories of tragedy, loss, and grief. Will this hit home? Will it encourage those who share the roads to change their behaviors? 416 360 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me in studio to discuss our Toronto Police Sergeants Brett Moore and Alex Cruz. Welcome both. Great. Thank Thanks. you. So, what do you both think? Will these uh, art installations have an impact because they're visual? Everybody says a, a, a you know a picture is a thousand words.
2: Sure. I think one of the big things that the art of distraction. We've been involved, thankfully, with the Vision Zero group and the and Toronto Transportation early in the uh, and of course friends and family, the uh, the victims uh, support group as well was heavily involved um, in, in getting the message out. One of the things that we ch- that's a challenge with road safety is convincing the average person that these types of crimes and traffic Tragedy, tragedies can happen to them personally. So it's a bit of a shock and awe uh, campaign. And we're really trying to humanize the message of road safety. And uh, we're out there to support and uh, appreciate the, uh, the opportunities to talk about it.
1: Now, your perspectives would be different uh, as police officers. But Sergeant Cruz, uh, in seeing these installations, what is your emotional reaction, your visceral reaction to seeing uh, the actual damage?
3: Well, I know Sergeant Moore myself have had to make that uh, knock on the door to uh, let somebody know that unfortunately they've, they've lost a loved one. So we're hoping that by seeing something visual, like a helmet, you know, a bent bicycle wheel, that it's really going to hit home to think, oh my goodness, there was somebody behind this particular uh, collision and there was some tragic consequences as a result.
1: What uh, hasn't worked so far about the Vision Zero program? Because clearly this is an added element to try to bring down the numbers which don't seem to be coming down in the way that we might have thought.
2: Yeah, so I, I think we're still struggling um, uh, with with getting sort of the, and I think this is what you see, you've, you've mentioned a lot of intersections, is, is getting it across the city to the average person. A lot of the times, not, not everybody listens to traditional media or social media. We're really trying to break down the silos internally within the police department, the public health, Toronto transportation, and to harmonize our message. And that's what these types of campaigns under the vision zero umbrella allow us to do. It really gives us some real um, reach, if you will, which individually as agencies we may not ordinarily have. So those are the things that we're, that we're working towards and this is a real first attempt at a public facing campaign to get it across the city in a meaningful way.
1: You wonder if uh, people will take to heart, they'll read the messages uh, and whether that will actually have an effect on changing behavior. You know, you think about uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving sure. yeah. and yeah. some of the efforts by the anti-drinking and driving groups. That has had an impact over decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, How quickly is this expected to to change behavior?
3: Well, you know, I guess one way we'll uh, find out is we'll get some information back on social media. And that's what we're hoping. We want people that if they have the opportunity to take a look at uh, these displays that, you know, be vocal about it. Let us know what you're feeling. You know, get on Twitter, get on your Instagram, your social media platforms. say hey listen, I saw this particular display and it really hit home to me. And, like we need to be careful. We need to do our part to make sure everybody is doing their part so everybody is safe.
1: Sergeant Alex Cruz and Sergeant Brett Moore in studio with me here. Zoomer Radio's Fight Back with Libby's Nimer Jane in for Libby today. I want to hear from you. I want to hear... If when you see these displays, and they've just been unveiled so you may or may not have seen them yet but will this have an impact? Will it change either your behavior or the behavior of others? Uh, we've all seen aggressive drivers. We've all seen cyclists who veer into traffic. We've all seen pedestrians that are on their phones who step into traffic. Is is this going to have an effect? 416- 360-0740 or toll-free eight. Six six seven 740 Alex Cruz and Brett Moore, sergeants both. Um, Sergeant Moore, tell us about maybe even just one of the stories uh, that are accompanied by these artifacts.
2: Well, that's, you know, and that's where we're hoping where, where friends and family really steps up and uh, and they have in a big way. They're sharing a real raw emotional tragedy. Um, and, and these are real stories from real families and they've come forward and in, and, in, in, very much like you've said, other agencies, other advocacy groups that have come forward to humanize that. Alex mentioned before, there is no worse job for for a police officer that I know of than to have to bang on somebody's door and to let them know that a loved one's been tragically hurt or killed. Um, and so each story, and that, and that's really why I do what I do. That's sort of what gets me going. What's you know brings me, drags me into, into a radio studio and, and and talks about it because it is the human factor that I think a lot of people miss. It's those little, it's the distractions. It's the we call it the big four: speeding, distraction, aggressive driving. Those types of things that people we see commonly do these are real big factors that contributed to collision so each story ha- is unique and there's you know there's several that come to mind that I could get into but but really the message is is that the, there's real people behind all of these things and they're preventable that's the big thing
1: i think maybe too as we're trying to get this message out you both mentioned that you've had to go and knock on doors and tell people that their loved ones have died uh-huh. tell sergeant cruz that experience how horrible is that how what kind of emotions are you experiencing and what are you feeling back because this is all part of getting people to change their behavior hearing your stories well
3: certainly um, i mean it's one of those things that you almost have to and i don't want to sound callous rehearse before going in because it is very emotional for myself and i know uh, sergeant moore because you're breaking some tragic news to somebody about a loved one that is no longer here so, I mean, we try to, I guess, be strong for that individual as well. But it's it's difficult to, I guess, hold back those emotions at times.
1: Yes, I'm sure. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's go to the phones. Trish in Toronto. Hi, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back.
4: Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to mention that at the smaller intersections, if a pedestrian does not press the, wa- um, the, press the button for the light, the cars get a, sim, um, the wa- um, a green light, but the pedestrians, it stays on don't walk. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised when they're trying to have less pedestrians hit that this happens because I'm t- trying to run for a bus and it says don't walk. And it's a much shorter time period when the light is
1: uh, green for the cars. Sergeant Moore, can you explain what Trish is referencing? Well, there's each...
2: The city is, in a real meaningful way, trying to spread across and, and update technology. And those are one of the big things that Vision Zero, through the engineering side of Vision Zero, uh, is bringing to the table. And so there are – and people do have to in – in the city, and we're all trying to get the word out about educating about how to use the technology. And that's one of the big things that's happening, especially in the downtown core. By depressing the button, mm-hmm. it does allow for a longer crossing cycle. For a pedestrian to get across that road, um, and there there are some of the older ones that are still in play. Um, they're not; they haven't all been switched out. But um, yeah, so th- it's it's important that you use the technology. Push the buttons, especially at the at the intersections, for folks that need uh, that might have a disability, visual or whatnot. There's ones that, that that you hold a little longer, and then you'll hear that sort of the, the cuckoo or chirp that comes across to allow and, and sort of raise awareness of what's happening at that intersection. So your caller's right, um, the, but the message that that I would encourage folks to do is to to familiarize themselves with the intersections and use the technology that's out there. It, it's really there to help and, and to make things safer.
1: Thank you, Trish. Thanks, thanks for call calling in. Out. That, you know,
4: sometimes the light changes before we get to the position to press the button. And in that case, just as I get there, it turns green for the car and not for the pedestrian.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's each, there's no quite there's absolutely, we see it all the time. Uh, and, and it's one of those things that you're going to have to really, on in an individual basis, understand your own limitations. How long, you know, if, you know, if you're a little bit older, it might take you longer to get across the road that it did, uh, you know, earlier on in your life. So it's one of those things you have to familiarize yourself with your own capabilities and abilities, uh, and as well, really make yourself visible in the crosswalks, use the intersections well, um, and and cross the road with confidence.
1: Part of uh, Mayor John Tory's announcement back in January of 2017 for for Vision Zero is the installation of senior zones in in various areas around the city. How effective have they been? What are you hearing back from older pedestrians who do take longer to cross the Uh,
2: there's there's several ones that are being that are coming out the, the the senior safety corridors as well as pedestrian safety corridors and our school zones they're all getting uh, updates from, in in both technology signage and just public awareness um, do they have an impact yes are they having the impact that everybody uh, you know by that they may want initially no it's 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 a big learning curve like you said mad and, um, and different agencies have been out there over decades. Promoting road safety. Look at seatbelts as a great example. It's taken us multiple decades to get high compliance rates with seatbelts, and we know that vision zero isn't an overnight thing. It's not a one. It's not a turn the key and happen. It's something that everybody has to take a real shared responsibility in. And I can tell you honestly, from the policing side um, of the house, that for the first time in a real meaningful way you're having a lot of the the sort of the road safety agencies working together with partnerships which is key friends and family is, is a great example of, of having a leadership role in this type of an initiative um but it will take time and and people that have, have i guess really to, to to make that conscious decision to to make road safety a priority
1: and with that in mind, uh, Sergeant Cruz, is is 2021 is that too short of a timeline? I mean, I'm thinking as you're speaking, Sergeant, more about uh, even cigarette packaging with the graphic images. Uh, those have been there for what, maybe 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, is is it is it too short of a goal to bring to zero the number of fatalities in over four years? Well, I
3: don't I don't think it's wrong with being ambitious in what we're trying to accomplish, and and that's basically what this goal, of Vision Zero, is. We want to do our part with our, our corporate and our public partners to, to actually get that message across. Say, Listen folks we need to do our part. Everybody needs to do their part uh, to make sure we do get our KSIs or killed or seriously injured to uh, collisions down to 0 by 2021. If we can meet that goal that would be fantastic. If we have to tweak it a little bit so be it. But you know what? We want to be ambitious in getting that down to 0 by 2021.
1: We do hear mixed messages. It was earlier this year that over um, I wrote it down 20 over 23 weeks, 21 cyclists and pedestrians died on Toronto streets. Uh, that was from a Globe and Mail editorial in June. Uh, overall, are the numbers on the decline from when Vision Zero was first announced almost two years ago?
2: Yeah, and, 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 we, and we're going to, we're trying not to compare year to year. It's just not long enough of a, of a, okay. of a horizon. It really, um, I mean, as Alex was saying, I mean, if there's no other reason to, to, to do the work that we're doing in road safety, uh, if we know that we've had 56 people killed in Toronto this year alone, And in each one of those, there's a story, there's a real person and families affected by it. Um, And and so our goal needs to get that down to zero. Is it it an aspirational goal that's going to take time and energy and a lot of effort? Absolutely. And it's not just effort of, I guess, maybe the traditional partners and folks. And it's not just a police thing that we're not going to do this by ourselves. It's not just a public health thing or a city thing. It takes a real holistic partnership, community engagement to make these things happen. It, it, it really does. There's a saying that we use all the time it, it, you know, in, uh, in, by the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police and, and other leaderships, police leaders across the, 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 the province, that traffic crimes affect more families um, than any other crime combined. And it, you can think of that and you go, "Is that even true, but think of how many folks, if you have a room of people that have said, you know, have you, have you been affected by a robbery or assault or something? Hopefully not too many people put up their hands, but if you ask that same question to a room, the same room of people about who's no Somebody who's gotten a ticket, been affected, been cut off, or has been involved in a collision, or has a loved one that's been hurt by a drunk driver, you're going to way more hands get, go up in that room, and that's the message to really get that we're trying to drill down by this campaign to humanize, to make it to, to really make few people think that these things can happen to them and their actions or inactions can really uh, play a big, a big part in this.
1: Is this resonating for you? This campaign, uh, all of these stories uh, around people uh, losing loved ones on the streets because of aggressive drivers or because of inattentiveness when it comes to cyclists and pedestrians. 416 toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Keith in Stouffville. Keith, what would you like to add?
5: Hi, Jane. Uh, I hate to discourage your guests and I I, mean, I guess we have to try and do something about it, but I think we're closing the door after the horse has already left. I drive a lot. I have never seen such bad driving speeders distracted driving. People just don't care anymore. Yeah it snows or it rains. they don't nobody slows down. I go when I come down from Snowville. I, that where I go on, I go 10 kilometers over the speed limit. It's, it's 60. I go 10 kilometers. It's too, you know, I can't be on that road t- for five minutes. There isn't some guy right behind me, like right on my bumper. Like, it's just, it's just amazing. I've done a lot of driving. I've been around for a long time. I got my license a long time ago. And uh, uh, I, I hope you can do something about it. But I really, I'm really discouraged about it, I'll tell you. Well, thank if you for calling in, Chief. They don't, they don't care.
1: People well, and distracted, and, and, and we do thank you for calling in distracted, and sergeants also just in a hurry. In a big city yeah. uh, and in the wider GTHA, people are always in a rush, and they don't leave enough time, and traffic is unpredictable.
3: Yeah, life is busy, and uh, you know, I've seen it over my 30 years commuting back and forth to downtown, and uh, you have to leave more time. You have to be patient. You really do. And in regards to distracted driving, I know we're doing our part for the enforcement campaign is an important aspect of this without question but if you get a ticket for distracted driving there's demerit points and a hefty fine of all that will affect your insurance okay so people need to remember that if they're going to check their phone for that quick text and there's technology out there when you're moving your phone will not go off like Folks, Let's start doing our part to make sure that we can make roads safer.
1: Well, that's an excellent point because uh, most of us, the vast majority of us, don't get behind the wheel after we've had drinks. Because, well, not only could we kill someone or ourselves, but there is that impact with demerit points or losing your license for a year. I mean, what would you do if you didn't have your driver's license? Absolutely. So I think if you can kind of make these things comparable, distracted and aggressive driving and drinking and driving or smoking cannabis and driving, people may start to to get it
2: totally I, I, and I think one of the things that, that I know Alex and I talk a lot about that where there's a fear of turning turning these messages into white noise where people sort of just tune them out and because it's it is ubiquitous it's across everybody there's that your callers are seeing you, you don't have to go too far to, to see a distracted driver or somebody doing something they shouldn't do um, but really it comes down to making again that that choice uh, about whether or not I'm going to wear my seatbelt or speed a little bit or be distracted in these things. Um, and, and it really, when you have the opportunity to, with people, loved ones, families, is to talk about it, to, to, to real make, a, make an honest effort. And that even goes to, if you know your loved one's in the car and they're driving home from work, well, don't call them. Don't text them. Just wait until they get back. Right. It's one of those yeah. things, too. We're so last minute. I mean, how many text messages do we send in a day? Some people, a lot. And how many of those were really critically important to whatever it was? A lot of it's just sort of just nonsense stuff back and forth as chit-chat. Um, but I, I don't know of a time where I, uh, I got that text or a phone call that was just life, life-altering. Like, you know, it was so critical that I took that text or call that it, that it, really, that it had to. I, I don't personally know uh, of that, and I would, uh, would argue that most people would be in the same boat.
1: Yeah, excellent point. Let's go to Eric in Toronto. Hi, Eric. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back.
5: Hi there. Okay, I, I agree with a previous caller, Keith. Yeah, you've been on the road for a long time, just love driving. I'm the same way. I'm a courier. There's a lot of people, rush, 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 not paying attention to the roads. The second thing, too many people put their cell phones. Like, for instance, the first uh, 30 seconds you're on the air, I'm down at Cheney Spadina. Ladies cross the street paying attention to her phone. Instead of where she's walking, she nearly slipped and fell. Second thing, a few seconds later, a person riding a bike, texting on a cell phone, nearly slams into the back of me, not paying attention.
1: No, and, and you wonder, uh, Sergeant Cruz, about uh, the invention of cell phones. I, I mean, I can remember as a young reporter in the mid-80s having one of those brick cell phones in my news car going to whatever assignment yeah. and having, uh, even thinking about it then, that I'm not really focusing on the roads. There are no laws saying I can't talk on this thing, but it really has changed the way we operate, yeah. having an ex- having a phone at our fingertips. Yeah,
3: it's, it's instant information all of the time. Uh, it's not like you have oh, I, I need to wait there to, you know, I put a dime, a quarter, whatever it is for a payphone now, to make that phone call to get your message or, or to speak to somebody about it. And, and I remember those days. Of
1: course, we all do. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: And so, like you're saying, like, there's there's no waiting now. It's information technology at your fingertips. You know, why have an argument when you can Google something, right? It's just so incredible. So, yeah, technology is, is, is a it leaps ahead uh, and bounds ahead of uh, where it was. And, again, people, like like Brett was saying, we have to make choices, and we have to make good choices, mm-hmm. especially when we're driving a car, it's, you know, 4,000 pounds, and we're coming up against a pedestrian or a cyclist. So, I mean, they're going to lose horrible, horrible, uh, tragic consequences as a result of that.
1: Yeah, I find if I put my bag in the back seat and my phone is yeah. in the bag, well, I can't reach it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if I couldn't wait to, to get that call or yeah. that text message, it's back there and I can't reach it.
2: There, there is one other thing, too, I think what folks have to realize. Although you may be compliant with the current laws, with hands-free and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, there's something called inattentive blindness. So you could be compliant with the rules of the road and, and be talking hands-free with your, with, with your your, your telephone, uh, or interacting with the infotainment in the vehicles that are, that are really, these are computers on wheels, essentially. Um, but the whole experience now of driving is distracting, too, I, we find. So the thing that, and, and that's where that inattentiveness is, is around. There's lots of research with our partners at CAA, MTO, all these folks that are doing lots of research about it that shows that you're compliant, but you're not really seeing the big picture. Uh, on the roads. Your vision, you almost get like a tunnel vision that goes into it, and you're just, to your point, you were saying, you're, you know, I think we've all experienced that at one point in time. Where, where did the last five minutes go? Um, you know, I was even just daydreaming or something was happening. You're not in the moment of doing, of, of driving the vehicle.
1: And how have the car manufacturers gotten around that with that little screen now that's there with, with the, the cameras around your car and the GPS in yeah. there, which you have to program when you're at its stoplight? How is that any different than looking at your phone? and texting a
2: lot of it is and the vehicles themselves we say it all the time as the as the vehicles get more complicated and more advanced um they, they are they are a distraction in and of themselves yeah. and then not even include driving downtown toronto in a busy built-up uh, urban environment where you've got cyclists transit pedestrians road users signs construction man you need all your wits about you to drive, operate a motor vehicle and if you don't have them and you you've introduced a, a bit of speed a distraction a cell phone a phone it, it is a, a massive challenge that uh, that we're, you know, pl- the pl- you know we we write thousands of tickets a, a you know uh, a year on these mm-hmm. things, but these aren't problems that we're going to ticket our way out of. We know that it okay. requires people to really be engaged and yeah. to be to sort of self. Control what they're doing. It really—it's no simpler than that.
1: I was planning to wrap up this segment right about now, but the lines are jammed, so I do want to get to the calls. So we'll just take them quickly uh, to hear about your points of view when it comes to distracted driving, aggressive driving, what we should do about it, how we can reduce pedestrian and cyclist fatalities. Let's go to Charles in Etobicoke. Go ahead, Charles.
5: Yes, I would just like to add here that one of the privileges we have gained here in Ontario is to stop at a red light and then turn right if it's safe to do so. But I think the drivers of today are not stopping. They're just turning with the glance on the, on the traffic. And I think that's a very dangerous thing, especially for pedestrians, because the pedestrians have the right of way. This vehicle is going to turn right on the red, and they're driving through it rather than stopping. And...
1: That's a, yes, that's a good point. When, when it's a stoplight or a stop sign, you actually have to come to a complete stop. Thank you, Charles. Let's go to Ger- uh, Gerald in Maxwell. Uh, Gerald, what would you like to add here?
0: Good afternoon, Jane. I would just like to say that it's people's attitude that has to change. It, they, it's not their competence in their driving or what they're going to do. It's just everyone else has a right to be on the road, too.
1: Right. Thank you. Let's go to Jim in Toronto. Hi, Jim.
4: Hi, Jane. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Earlier you had a uh, caller on by the name of Trish who was complaining about having to push the button to get a walk signal. And if she's running for the bus, she's got a red stop signal, even though the traffic light itself is green the sergeant responded and you talk about mixed messages he responded in a way that I felt was incorrect he told her that he she needs to gauge her abilities basically saying if you think you can get across that road it's okay to go that's where we're getting the mixed messages if you have a red hand stop regardless of what the light is you need to stop and wait. If you're going to miss your bus, there'll be another one along shortly. If you're going to be late for work, then you're already late for work if you're
1: having to run. Okay. Thank you, Jim, for your call. I want Sergeant Moore just to clarify his point. I couldn't agree
2: with your caller more. I think we've you misunderstood what I said. It, it's absolutely a lot of folks. Um, it, it's for pedestrians and cyclists and all road users need to know their own skills and abilities and limitations, right? And so we see that a lot of the times with, and what I meant by that is when it, you've got to know when you can cross the road uh, effectively, if you're a little bit older, you've, you think you need a little bit more time. Make sure that you build in that time and your visibility is really high and you're right we've seen too many tragedies, Alex and I were folks just running for a bus, thinking just losing sight of where they are for that moment that that, that find themselves in harm 's way and so no there's there, there's definitely uh, uh, even it goes through a driver for their ability in the snowstorm if you know sometimes if it, the speed limit might be sixty kilometers an hour, but we know the speed limits are set for the maximum, and so if your skill and ability says, I can only do." 30 kilometers an hour on that road given the environment and then so be it. But also your skill and ability, that speed limit might be zero and you shouldn't even be on the road because you just don't have the confidence as a driver to be in, in that tr- certain environment. So uh, without getting into too many scenarios of them all, but I, I agree with your caller, people need to know their limitations and skills when they're using our roads. It's,
1: Sergeant very, it's Cruz, critical. Sergeant did you want to leave us uh, with any final thoughts as we wrap up here?
3: I was just looking at some of the callers and the topics that we're talking about and it basically addresses the big four that we are talking about in Vision Zero, The uh, aggressive driver, distracted drivers, you know, the speeding and seatbelt use. So we want to get that message out there. Folks, do your part to make sure everybody's safe on the road.
1: We will leave it at that. Sergeant Alex Cruz and Sergeant Brett Moore, thank you both for coming in awesome. today. Thanks, and we hope that the Art of Distraction campaign has a positive effect in the whole Vision Zero program.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.